I want to take a minute and talk about Shop Boss. It's the ultimate solution for automotive shop management. In fact, the founder was a former shop owner himself. He was an industry guy with coding knowledge and experience who built what he wished existed for his own shop. Let's not forget about their customer service because it truly is second to none. They've invested in the people and the processes, ensuring that you receive top-notch service every step of the way. Say goodbye to the hassle of managing separate sets of books. Everything you need is built right in. ShopBoss also offers built-in DVI functionality, eliminating the need for third-party solutions. With Boss Pay, powered by 360 Payments, enjoy integrated payments with digital signature capture. And with customizable real-time reporting on the owner's dashboard, gain valuable insights into your business at a glance. See how they can simplify your auto shop at shopboss.net forward slash gearbox. Shopboss.net forward slash gearbox. That's shopboss.net forward slash gearbox. My name is Jimmy Purdy, shop owner, master tech, transmission builder, and the host of the Gearbox Podcast. Here I talk with new and seasoned shop owners as well as industry professionals about day-to-day operations within their own shops and all the failures and successes that come along the way. From what grinds your gears to having to shift gears in the automotive industry, this is the Gearbox Podcast. You feeling good? Yes. Okay. Now comfy, got yourself all. Nuzzled in there? Feeling I'm good? I'm not nuzzled in anywhere. I'm sitting in a comfortable chair. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I feel ready. Got your little drink? Do you like it? I haven't tasted it yet. Okay. I was waiting. Did you already drink yours? Did you no. already taste it? Yeah. Oh. It's good. But today? Today, yes. Today? <laughs> I did today. Okay, here we go. Oh, I guess that's smoother than most. It tastes like it tastes like weird syrupy Seven Up whiskey. Tastes this like there's diluted soda syrup already in there. Well, this is what we do in the gearbox. So all me, and my friends. So me, 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 and my friends come in. My friends and I come in to drink. And we just we just have pre-made pre-made. Oh, that's why it's pre-made old fashioned. It's yeah. not just straight whiskey. It's good, huh? Oh, where's my ice? There's no ice. I have no. I don't have where's ice my here. ice ball? Where's my ice block? Wow. All right. So that's how you roll. Okay. So today we have Leanne here. She's the wife. Um, what's my actual title? So that people know. Ser- service what are we, what service are we? advisor, service manager, bookkeeper. Yeah. So is this yeah. going to be a normal interview? Tell the people since we normal. are related. That's weird. <laughs> we are. Are we not related now? Legally, we're related. Yes. Just don't. It's weird when just you say, don't it like say that. Yeah, I know, but it's funny. It Catches funny. people's attention, you know. So you get to say, does dealing with it is that is that a is that is that a bad way of putting it that you deal with all the clients? That's kind of hard. I mean, you get that's probably, the opportunity to talk to everyone. There's the politically correct version. There's the version <laughs> I tell customers, and then there's how I talk when I think they're not listening. Okay. So yeah, I would Could say I deal with people. You I deal, deal with, with people, people all day long. She deals employees, with people all day long. customers, you. 
Yep. You're the, you're an employee. I have to manage you, just not to the level I do others. Yeah, that's true. You take special management. Yeah, I take I'm special. That's for sure. I'm special. And in turn, you have to manage me because I'm still. So a when I go writer. in and I manage in the office, I don't, do th- I don't, I don't know what happens when I'm not there. So when I when I go in, I get a different. I get a different view of the clients coming in. I get a different story. I get a different tone. I get a different attitude. Do you think that's because I'm a man and you're a woman? I think it's two-part, yes. It's because you're a man and you're seen as the authority, the mechanic. You are the face of the company anyways. People know that. But I also think that people automatically want to like check to see if I'm lying or if they're being taken advantage of. Cause if you tell them the same story that I tell them, then like they know. And then there's people just trying to get away with BS also. Like what? they're, they're trying to get something out what of is you a, that what is I'm a, not giving them. What is a BS? Bullshit. This is a podcast. I mean, I, 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 cuss, I understand. Right? I understand. What, <laughs> I understand what the acronyms are. What's a what's a particular Oh, well that's another story. Thing. I have to take customers so literal. That's why my answer was the way it is cuz so many people I think are joking and I have learned that they're not joking and I am trying to remain professional and direct and nice. Isn't that funny? Cuz that that's funny. how I answered you. Yeah. I mean that's how you always answer me but Well, cuz it's learned over okay. the years. I've had to just learn to be that way. Yeah. I don't think I started out that way. Yeah, you did. But BS as in discounts. I mean, that's a huge one. Yeah. Well, she said it was going to be this, you know, type thing. That's what you get most of the time, is it not? Um, yeah. You, I mean, for, for my for my side, what do you mean if, if I got to go in and I got to address a situation? I feel like most of the time it's just more they want technicality. And I provide more than they thought what was going to be coming. And so then they're, I mean, I, I just, I don't know, baffle them with bullshit, I guess, in a way. That's true. I do specifically ask you to do that on purpose for some people that clearly don't believe whatever I'm saying. Right. And I think a lot of it is because I'm a woman. I don't think, I don't think there's like a problem with like upset people. It's just no dealing, dealing, it's just having to deal with. Uh, a, le- a little extra harder in, in a sale versus if I had to sell it, you know. And I think anybody else listening right now that might be a service counter or owner as a, as a woman, I mean, if you didn't know the other way, they just see someone else walk in, a man, and, and be able to sell a job so much easier, right? Than than what you can sell. So I mean, the both both the jobs get sold, but the amount of time and energy uh, put into that is definitely different. I think that's true, but I think I also automatically put a lot of information behind our recommendations for a couple of reasons. And it's not really just to like hard sell, like to sell the job. I just feel like that's what we do here. And part of my job is to give as much information as possible so the consumer feels educated and comfortable with their decision. And also, if something goes wrong later on, I think I get less pushback because of the amount of information I give at the onset. Yeah, but I think part of that is having that 
operation in place because of of you managing it, right? I mean, if if it was anybody else, not anybody else, but if it was maybe um, a one man show or maybe like two or three dudes, you know, running a shop, maybe they don't have to worry about setting forth so much information and so much communication. Maybe I would say that's true, but I think they don't worry about it. Because, yeah, they don't have to. They don't have maybe the initial pushback and they just don't think it's it's that important because they already feel they have the sense of authority. I know I have to earn that from people. So I think it's just like systemically different from the beginning. And it's because I'm a woman and I know that. Yeah, so that makes it. So what part of it is the hardest part? Hmm. So if they come in and see, I mean, a a lot of the clients that come in are, are women themselves that, you know, they're, they're obviously running the household that the times have changed, you know? Right. They're the ones making the final decisions anyway. I mean, when it comes to marketing, that's one of our pushes is to market towards that. Demographic. Genre. Right. (laughs) You were were afraid of what category to say. What do I call them? It's okay to call us women. It's still okay to call us women in today's society. You're making me look real bad right now. (laughs) That's not what I'm getting at. Uh, uh, You know, the hardest part, I think, it used to be a lot harder when I first started, when we were at our first location, but we've, I don't know, kind of weeded through a subset of people. It used to be really emotionally physically exhausting having to prove myself to men yeah i had to fire Um, a lot of clients yeah i mean but now but like nowadays within the past couple of years i'm not doing that near to the extent i used to be and i'm also more confident and knowledgeable now to where if those people do come in guess what they're recommended elsewhere i'm not dealing with it yeah. They're not the clients that I want and they're the ones that typically don't have money either. Yeah, they just want free inf- they want the free the information. Truth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They want to be a buddy and they want that See, but that makes it that makes it easier for you than for me cuz then I got to I got to like give them information and they expect me to know. But you don't though. That's your problem. You feel like you have to do all these things and you don't. You just have to know how to politely show them the door. You know what I mean? To an extent, you know. I don't I mean, know. That's why I'm there. As like I guess the, I've gotten as like the face, to as it. like the face. If I like do that, I don't, I don't think it goes over. That's how you get that one star review that we desperately try so hard to not That's worry true. about, but also not. <laughs> well, there's a difference too, though. Is it because you're a man, or is it because you're the face of the company? Different rules apply to you. Yeah. But why? Because you're a man or because you're the face of the company? What's the bigger pull? You know what I mean? Um, maybe my master tech status. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe because I'm on the radio. Yeah, you definitely have a persona to keep up with. I don't know. But I guess I guess this is about the challenges of a of a woman in a in a male dominated field. There's lots of challenges, and I think maybe I've become so accustomed to them, I don't think about it too much anymore. I feel like customers are not really 
the hardest part of my day. It's wanting to manage my employees to the best of my ability. I really don't know how they feel about me managing them half the time. I feel like I'm trying to toe the line between being nice, being direct, not nagging them, quote unquote, because I see their facial expressions and then I watch what they do after. And I, I really just don't know how I'm interpreted a lot of the time. Like that's hard for me. And it's hard because our employees are here day in and day out. We're together all the time. Like that's what's important to me. Customers I'll deal with. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, the the nagging. What What is it? I mean, what, what, what makes you feel like it's nagging? I feel like I can hear the tone of my voice. <laughs> and it could come off as nagging because I'm having to remind them of things that I feel like they should already know or that I think are common sense. But once again, it's like, I think, I think. I really don't know what. I mean, you got to come up with some like, specific examples. They know they feel. All right. People, okay. people want to hear examples. They want to hear stories. They want to hear about the people that come in that you have to escort out. You have to fire. Yeah. Okay. Like we we got we got to talk about some real world scenarios here because the he said she said is like what everybody has to deal with. But what's the specific? Example that makes it different for you as a woman compared to me dealing with that situation. One very simple example would be giving a tech a repair order, AC, advanced assessment, and then on our program, it gives two options for that specific vehicle. Is it the 134 or is it the YF? So I specifically write that question down highlight it in a different color with an asterisk and then the tech completes the advanced assessment gives me the clipboard back and that highlighted asterisk question is not addressed so i'm immediately annoyed that i then have to go back and interrupt the tech and say hey you know and i try and be like hey i think you missed this like do you know what it is like i'm just going to give you this clipboard back and then give it back to me when it's completed yeah, but I feel like that's a problem, I guess. I and, feel and, uncomfortable doing that. It makes yeah. me upset that I even have to do that to begin with. Yeah. But I don't think that's directed towards you as a gender pers- persona. But I still have to interrupt him. Yeah. And and bring it up and make him finish it. And when that happens, you know, whether it's once a day or once a week... I'm still having to go there and like, I don't know. I guess it's my feelings. I guess that's, that's like, like a that's like a service writer. Like, hey, kid, you forgot this. Yeah. Like, it's written down. It's right there. Yeah. You know, or all kind. You know, I always try and be nice. Hey, I have this question written down and it hasn't been addressed yet. Is there a reason why? But even that, like that tone in my voice, can be taken in a couple different ways we gotta get you gotta, you gotta drop a low hey i need this done hey yeah. no but my my my, vo- my voice doesn't do that <laughs> it, it, do- it doesn't do that naturally and then my face contorts That's so my like that. <laughs> 
So my this this is my like serious voice, and then this is my hey you I, you forgot this. I need you to do this. And either way, I feel like a mom, and I feel like they probably perceive me as like a nagging mom figure because I'm the wife in the office instead of an educated, knowledgeable employee that sells all these jobs for them to do in the first place. Yeah. Definitely a two, uh, two-sided street there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But we hear the tech side all the time. What's what the tech about side? the service writer? What's the tech side? The tech side is doing a quality inspection and job so the service advisor actually has deliverables to even go off of to sell the job correctly to begin with. It's definitely like a team effort, 100%. Yeah. But I don't think from what I hear around circles, I don't think service writers get enough recognition for the sales because obviously the tech is the one doing the physical work and identifying the problems to begin with like their load is heavier but that doesn't mean that service writers don't also work hard to ensure the job is also done correctly and the funds are obtained yeah, that's true. And like written out correctly to begin with, you know, that we're even charging the correct amount to begin with for the work that's needed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, everyone's got to work together. Yeah. Try to find the, the middle road. Yeah. I mean, service writers still have to extrapolate quite a bit of information from the tech notes, depending on how thorough they are to even build a legitimate estimate to begin with. Yeah. I mean, when, when it. it comes to standard operating procedures, there's a certain amount of things that are expected of the tech to do, and they don't have to worry about contacting or talking to clients. At our writing shop, up, at least. Writing estimates up, writing, you know, they, they got to just worry about the car. We're about the car and the questions that are given to him. So, I mean, it definitely comes down to having conversations and say, this is what your responsibilities are. This is what I need you to do. And this is what needs to be done. But handling that any differently, if you're, whether you're a man or a woman, I don't think it really makes much of a difference. I think it does. When you just said that, I thought in my head, I could never just say that because the the inflections in my tone automatic make it automatically make it sound different, like maybe condescending. I think maybe it's just you. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so here so here's what I need you to do. Here's what it is. Yeah. This is what you're doing and this is what I need you to do. Yeah, that doesn't sound that bad. That doesn't sound bad to you? No, that sounds you're a lot, okay with that. Yeah, that sounds a lot better than the the first way you said it. How what did I say the first time? With the vocal flares and the Oh. And the condescending tone. See? <laughs> See, <laughs> dang it! See. Well, let's talk about clients. Let's talk, the, the, um, the emotion the, comes out in my voice, which is also probably why I'm so good with clients, is because they can hear the compassion and the empathy in my voice. Possibly. So, double-edged sword. Yeah. Well, what's the um, what's the story on clients here? We want to talk about the different types that come in. You versus the ones I, I come in. Everybody, I look at pretty much the same. Uh, I, I have I have 
this opposite issue where if a woman comes in, it's immediate that I'm going to try to take advantage of them, rip them off. See, that's how you feel. It's not how I feel. It's definitely a different amount of, you can just tell. You can tell with the way I look and the tone, but I can pretty well easily, you know, woo them, you know? Oh, just, can you? Just bat All my right. eyes a little bit and then they're they're <laughs> nice and happy with me. <laughs> But I, I can't I can't baffle them with a bunch of bullshit. I can't give them a bunch of technical information and make them feel better. That makes it worse. Right. They don't want to hear the technical information. I mean, sure, there's out there. Yes, there's there's educated you know women in in the auto industry and they understand what I'm saying. But for the most part, we're talking in generals here. I don't think men like it either because yeah, there's most a lot of, of guys them out there are not there mechanics. They just have yeah. to pretend. They have yeah. to pretend like they like you, they know what you're saying and they yeah. don't. Maybe that they makes definitely it worse too. don't. Yeah. Maybe getting too technical, I just assume. You know. I mean, that's also why I bring you in. Yeah. When I'm dealing with clients that are questioning everything I'm saying, then I bring you in because I want you to throw all the jargon at them. Like, they're trying to show me up on the phone and not like, you're not giving me approval. You're clearly not wanting to have a conversation with me. You're You're interrupting me and you're questioning everything I'm saying. I purposefully bring you in to like put them in their place. But what do they what do they question? Like what what's what's a an example of something they would question? Like a what's a service work order that you can think of that they called you out on something or questioned about? I mean, diagnostic time is an easy low-hanging fruit. Yeah, that's well, a good one. That's well, a good why one to talk do you, about. Well, why do you need to do that? Well, you have a 420 code. They're like notoriously difficult. It could be one of, you know, five to seven different things. They all have to be tested. Well, the and 420 I'll, and I'll, code's the cat. And I'll go through the list, but the 420 can be more than just the cat. It's yeah. just the cat's the symptom, and that's the whole point of the conversation I try and have with people. And most of the time, people willingly you know, accept and understand, but then it's always a guy, you know, like thinking I'm just not telling the truth. Well, it's the cat. It says cat. It has to be the cat. Why are you even testing anything else? Yeah. It doesn't It doesn't matter what I say or how I say it. Yeah, I mean, that situation is definitely a, a tough example to, to bring up to... To debate about because most of the time is is the cat, but I mean, to le- legally you know replace it, there has to be certain testing procedures put in place before you can condemn the cat. Being that we're in California, but a misfire diagnosis, misfire diagnosis, or like a trans solenoid code, right? Something like that. So on a misfire diagnosis, if it comes in, what is a, a lot of pushback that you get? Where I can probably take care of it maybe a little easier what 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 is a good example of that oh so if it comes in and we do our inspection okay yes we have a misfire code we don't have a current misfire we're going to have to do some advanced assessment how does that look on your end as as you're trying to sell that advanced assessment I think half the time they're worried about funds and asking if that diagnostic time and that money goes towards the repair and not really understanding why. You know what? I don't I don't get a lot of pushback on 
So not so much that. like the financial side of it, just like as, as you running the show up front and being a woman and trying to explain this stuff. I think I just explain it multiple times if they question me. I kind of just repeat myself. So my, my point is, is like someone else listening that might be in this situation you're in and they feel like, man, I just, I, I don't understand why I keep getting so many problems because no one trusts me because I'm not a man. Like what, what's a good tidbits with some good information on, on a cell like that, that you use to try to help that situation, to try to like convince them without convincing them that you know because obviously you can't convince them with the knowledge that you have as far as like a misfire diagnostic i could go in there and say well this is what we're going to do we're going to check our fuel pressure we're going to check our fuel trims we're going to go through we're going to do a uh, loaded test we're going to check our primary and secondary ignition waveforms on our coil packs that all looks good we got to check, you know, depending so you on what the fuel trims look like. Yeah, we'll check fuel pressure, right? And then we're going to check our O2 sensors, and if the fuel trims are out, make sure O2 sensors are responding. And then, and then we'll go through and make sure that uh, our cam and crank correlation looks good. So we'll run that on a squ- scope and check that as a comparison. So it's like that's the direction I go, and in the automotive industry, that's what a lot of people hear. And I was like, I want to talk like that. I want to hear. I want to know those things so then I could sell the job with all that technical information but you can't do that so what's your selling what how do you take that and and run with it Mm. on on a misfire diagnosis say it comes in we got a po 300 no active misfires it's obviously here for a reason we can't just like oh well there's no misfire so here you go mr mrs jones like enjoy your car we don't we we, it's not doing anything now so you got to go like no we have to do some advanced assessment we have to like run it through the ringer Right. I'm going to explain exactly what we're going to do step by step. So I obviously don't because I don't have all that knowledge at the top of my head either. I just make them feel comfortable. I keep my tone kind just kind of low and calming. And if they want to vent about whatever, I just kind of let them talk until they stop talking also. And once I explain what we're going to do, which is somewhat vague, we're going to hook up the lap scope, we're going to drive it, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to look at all the, you know, is it in spec or not, that leads us to a different pathway. It's kind of being vague. But now they ask, and calm. But now they ask so what do you think it's going to be though? Like, so what do you think it is though? I'm not going to set your expectations anywhere. We need to see what happens first. Like, so we're, do you have any idea what, what, what like, what's the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is I'm going to give you a new engine if you keep asking me questions. We need to take it one step at a time because we're not going to waste anybody's time or money. I mean, I really just kind of keep it short and brief and then I wait. They need to respond first. I don't need to keep talking at that point. I've said my piece. This is what we're doing. And you're not going to push me into an answer. I don't say that. I say it by not saying anything else. Yeah. You know, I think that's the biggest key is being comfortable with silence when you're explaining or selling a job. Say what you need to say. Then you need to wait as long as it takes for their reaction. Yeah. I think with the bigger tickets or the bigger advanced assessments or as the as the labor rates go up and everything goes up, these assessments are turning into 
retainer fee, $600 retainer fee. And those expectations I open up with. It's not like I'm surprising them an hour in or the next day. Oh, by the way, we're going to have to do A, B, and C. And now you're looking at a $400 diagnostic workup. No. So it starts at $300 for this particular issue. This is why. And then once we hit that point, we're going to come back and we're going to talk to you about everything that we found. And that's what it comes down to notes and having everything documented so you can right. relay the information. Right. The deliverables. Yeah. 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 That's why it's important for the text to make sure that they're keeping the notes as thorough as possible. Right. And that's a tough, that's a tough thing because you got jargon. That has, to, that has to be turned into, that has to be translated. Right. And I can do that, but I need the jargon first. Like, I yeah. need the story first. What did you do? Why did you do it? What test did you perform? What were the outcomes? Now, what's the recommendation? I can piece it together and create a streamlined story for the customer to understand, but I got to have that information first. And then I can ex- extrapolate as needed. So, how do you translate the jargon? Because that, that might be a hard that's an issue, a, uh, an issue that a lot of maybe service advisors that aren't technical, you know, technically savvy, may run into. Um, you got a tech that's really good; it's very technical. You got a service advisor that's not as technically sound. And of course, over the years, you get better, and you know, right. you know what what that, you know what you, you understand curve. what a mass airflow is. You you understand what an auction sensor is. But then you get real deep, and you get new stuff coming up that you maybe the advisors aren't. As caught up on, you know, like oxygen sensors to air fuel ratio sensors would be one good step forward. And as we get into that stuff, so you got to look that stuff up, Google it. How do you, how do you translate that stuff? A hundred percent. Google is your best friend. And so is hopefully your operating system. Like we use pro demand. I look up a lot of information on a consistent basis to understand what the text just gave me. And if I still have a couple questions, then I'll go ask them. But through time and energy, I can kind of scan the notes and figure out what the like bottom line is. Like, so what's the outcome? All the rest is just little tidbits, but certain words or testing procedures or ohms voltage like i kind of need to know and i'll look it up or i'll just ask them well what's the what's the spec range was it how far out of range was it like is that a lot or is that a little is it severe or is it minor like certain little keywords i need in there or i will ask and then over time that tech gets used to that service writer and vice versa and then the communication becomes easier and easier yeah, but yeah. there's definitely keywords and phrases that each service writer and tech will consistently use, and you just figure it out. Yeah, yeah, it's tough at the beginning. It is tough. It's very tough at the beginning because you don't want anyone to feel like you're questioning their sense of authority or their knowledge. You're just trying to get like these key phrases or pieces of information that you need to know if something's priority or not. 
Yeah, that's probably part of the whole problem with management as a whole. Well, and also looking you know, at parts for jobs. Like there's certain things that I've learned over time. But once again, I'm going to reference pro-demand a lot. And I'm going to look at the remove and replace procedure line by line and find those keywords that I need to know if I need these seals and these gaskets with this hardware for that job, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of research quickly, quickly researching, and then you just get better over time. Like I look at the same stuff the techs do. Yeah, that's the only way you can familiarize yourself with the components of what they're right. recommending. And I don't like know. know what I'm looking at. I just know that these things are going to be needed. I don't know like how or why necessarily or the amount of time it takes for this one extra thing. I just, I have to research it. And if I have to ask, then I ask. But like knowing the question to ask is really important. Like the other day, what did I ask with the rear main seal on what truck was it? A f- the Ford. Was it, a f- was it the Ford? The I said, truck, yeah. Yeah, I said, where's the oil pan? Is it right next to the rear main seal or is it not? Because I know in my head, if it's right next to each other. Oh, that was that's on the Chevy. Yeah, the Chevy. Oh, on the Chevy. Okay, then that's only an extra hour of labor and I can combine labor times and create an accurate fair quote. But if it's not, then those are whole separate line items and not combo jobs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, trying to combine something is the hardest part on a on a repair order you get a lot of other shops that might just oh well if we're doing the remains or if we're doing the oil pan we'll just you know there's no extra charge for the remain seal well i mean every one of them is a little different right so you really just gotta you know see what the actual procedure is and have the tech say hey you know what 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 components are we taking off? What else is getting replaced on this one? And a lot of time it'll break it down. Like, you know, rear main seal plate rem- removals required to get the oil pan down or, or something like that. But but some of them don't. Some of them yeah. don't give you that information and they don't give you a good enough That's why diagram to, to an, go it's off It's supposed of. to be an estimate. You're supposed to estimate it. And then at the end of the job, oh, here, now here's your final price. But of course you can't do that. Yeah, you, I was just going to say, you can't do that. That's can't like that. everything we fight against. Yeah. We we fight and we work really hard to make the initial estimate as accurate as possible. So there's less surprises along the way. And if even I have though, to surprise even though it's you, called an it's going to be a good one. Yeah, even though it's called an estimate. Uh, people don't care about that. They, yeah. I mean, s- some of them are very understanding, but that's also because I'm communicating with them every step of the way and not at the very end when they give me their credit card. Oh, by the way, like we don't do that here. Yeah, you can't do that. That's not what anybody. I mean, other people do. I don't know. But we don't. That's, that's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously as a service writer, whether people are telling the truth or not, like I hear a lot of not fun stories that people tell me about other places they've taken it to, whether it's dealerships or independent shops. What's a fun story? All right, let's talk about uh, Kia. This was a recent one. So, lady with a Kia, trans codes, trans issues, can't get past fourth gear, took it to the dealer. They did some assessments, 
gave her a quote for replacing the the harness, but like with no explanation. And I guess according to her, no explanation. They were kind of rude. So she left. She wasn't comfortable. She left and she was ready to junk the car. But someone recommended that she come to us for basically a second opinion before they made that decision. We came to the same conclusion, but the differences in how we communicated that. And guess what? She approved the job and luckily it ended up fixing it and she's happy as a clam. And she already sent me two other people. Within a week, I have two other clients from her. What's a happy clam? (laughs) Happy clam. (laughs) She's happy as a clam. They, they, they clams, always look like they're smiling. Are clams happy? I don't know. They don't have faces. Your brains. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that? It's a phrase. Ooh, you know what? That's a trick I use. I use old-fashioned phrases like right as rain, smooth as butter, happy as a clam, oh, neato, oh, nifty. People love it. I don't care how old you are. It makes them trust me and like me. I do it on purpose. Wow. They love it. It's so interesting. That's why you got the Tootsie Rolls too, huh? Yes. Nostalgic. People so the, like it. So this one was the Kia. This is the one that needed the internal trans harness. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's part, part of that is maybe part swapping and part of it is just maybe on on their end. At a dealership, you have a lot of distrust between the service riders and the technicians, right? Ooh, there's, yeah, possibly. I mean, so if if the technician tells you as a service rider, we need this PCM, it doesn't fix it. TCM, sorry. Right? Comes in, oh, you know, and he decides to cut corners, decides not to do the testing, whatever it is, what have you. Mm-hmm. He decides to not go about it in the correct way. Probably just a, probably just a TCM. I saw this. I saw this issue on Google, and they said it was a TCM. So I'm just going to recommend that. So I'm getting my point here. So so then they recommend the TCM service advisor. Hey, Mister Mrs. Customer, you need a TCM. Are you sure? Oh yeah, my tech said that's what it is. Okay, let's do it. Okay, well, we did that and didn't fix it, right? So now there's this, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, right, yeah, and and now it's like, okay, so that didn't fix it, and they want it fixed, and it's like, well, I I, I need to look at it some more. What do you mean you need to look at it some more, right? Like, wh- what yeah. what isn't the reason why we sold the initial uh assessment to verify what it was, and maybe part of it was like, well, let's Let's try a TCM and that converted to it's going to be the TCM. So now there's this, you know, hard sell that was put on by the service rider on the trust of the tech being right. correct. But maybe the tech was like, hey, let's just try this first, you know, before we dive into the transmission. And then so the next step is like, well, what do we do now? I don't know. He said something about the electrical, right? Like, so now, 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 now everyone's frustrated and irritated and it's like, they don't want to deal with it, you know? And so it's like, they just kind of try to push it out and just move on to the next one. It's a dealership. They got them lined up. They're right. Not, they're not worried about work. You know? Well, that's true. That's true. They, they're just like, let's just push it out, get on to the next one. And so there's no extra step taken for the client. There's no, 
you know, and I'm sure there's dealerships out there that take the extra mile and, and I'm sure, but in this situation, maybe part of the reason what is that they didn't know what it was. They don't know what the next step was going to be. So it was like, just give them something and that something wasn't good enough. Well, that makes me think there's a company culture issue and obviously a communication issue that that the tech and the service writer can't even talk about what's really going on to begin with and or the pressure on both of them to come up with an answer and to then sell the job. Because obviously at large dealerships or businesses like that pressure's there and it is very real you have a quota yeah and you and you better hit and, it and so like maybe that's a problem i think too. i think maybe part of that is just not having a good manager there because you you know if you got a tech and you got a service writer just trying to make make their quota right. and there's no one to step over if that situation were to occur here i'm involved i'm like Let's let's talk about this. What are we doing next? What's the next yeah. step here? What have we looked at? What have we done? Can you do that on every job, every step of the way? No, you can't. You can't. You can't. Right. You can't look over their shoulder every day. Be like, so what'd you look at? I mean, I try. You know, if if I if, if it's a big one, it's an advanced assessment. We got a few hours. Hold on. Hey, I want to go. I'm gonna go. You know. Well, also, out of curiosity, I want to. I want to see what's going on, but also I want to see what steps they're taking along the way to make sure that. You know, we're all on the same process when it comes to our advanced assessments. But in that case, they come in and it's like, oh, it's definitely the PCM and that doesn't fix it. Then it's like, okay, now I'm stepping in. Okay, now we're taking a step back here, you know? Right. And obviously, if I'm not getting the notes or the conversation that I need, I don't have enough knowledge to like question them either. So then I also need to you to step in. I need someone to step in to make sure like that they know what they're doing because we're having a hard time explaining things to each other. Like that happens. That's that's real. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, you got to break it down. And I mean, and there should be a way if, if, if you know your, if you know your skill, your skilled trade enough, you should be able to break it down for just about anybody. I mean, you should be able to break down what you I do. I agree. In language, if, if you're, you know. But that's not reality. Competent, competent enough. I agree, but that's not reality. And not just for our shop or for every job. Because we also, I mean, we pretty much work on everything. So we have a very wide ranging of things that our technicians need to know. But for us and others, like the the technician pool also isn't there. You might just be dealing with technicians or service writers that like you know maybe maybe need to move on but you can't let them because you need bodies to produce still yeah like that's what i think about also so with this kia you had come in as as a female in the office she comes in she's already been burnt right right? she's already frustrated and yeah so in this situation, I think you were the better one to handle it, you know, regardless of your own personal skills, just having her walk in and see you, yeah, you know, that might have been what she needed. I will agree with that statement. I think as far as customer service is concerned, I think a, a pleasantly smiling woman is going to hit a home run more often than not. 
Yeah, I mean, so in this situation, it made it probably easier, you know, and then and obviously to, to work it through the situation. And it was the same kind of conclusion, but spelt in a different way. Right. You know, we did our tests. It's like, yeah, we have an internal harness fault. We have an open circuit. Like, we got we to gotta pull, we got to dig into the trans. We got to pull the cover off and um, pull the internal harness out. I mean, how did she feel leaving the dealership that information and then just getting that information relayed to her again? You know, how did you change? How did you well, change that conversation? Well, that was the difference. She got no explanation at the dealer, and that's why she left. They didn't explain anything to her. They just said, this is what you need. It might not fix it. And then that was it. Like, that was the end of the conversation, according well, I guess we to don't, her. I guess we don't know. We don't. Yeah, we don't have... From yeah, the ho- from the horse's mouth. Right, right. According how'd you, how'd to how'd you her, like that one? From the horse's mouth. That's yeah, a good one, right? Yeah, that's a good one. That's old fashioned. You like that one too? I <laughs> so, I almost so said that. so so so. What was your explanation to her? What was your so we have a hearsay of what she heard, but what was your explanation? That so we here, so that's a technical thing. We have an open circuit on the internal harness of the transmission. It's gonna right, be right. We're we're gonna have to pull it and physically inspect it and bench test it and if we find something wrong we're gonna replace it but then the reality is we just have to assemble everything back test drive it get the monitors to reset and see if the code comes back like that's the only true hundred percent guarantee i could say i think all i want and it is supposed to be but so we i I I can't guarantee things to people like that so we pretty well know I mean that was like it was definitely most guar- likely. It was definitely a guarantee for us. Like, oh yeah, this, the, the harness is bad. Like we can we we definitely we voltage drop. Figured. We found the open circuit. Yeah. It was like this is harness. So, but you're not going to say that. No, no, I don't like saying anything permanent sounding to customers because it opens the door for problems, even if it's not related to something we did. So even if I'm confident or sure that a particular recommendation is going to fix the issue like the harness i can't say that to a customer because then their expectations are already set so high and if we have to adjust something later on or another code pops up or something else comes up after the fact it's definitely on me it's definitely on the shop that i didn't put a disclaimer on it yeah, the that's, gar- that's the, how customers yeah, feel. The diagnosis term, diagnosis, the guarantee, right? And the, so that's uh, tough words to use. Every every recommendation is always replace mass airflow sensor and reassess. You know, brake noise. Well, obviously your your rotors are warped. Your pads are at like five percent. <laughs> your tires are cupped. So here's the recommendation that I know is going to fix the issue, but I am still going to say reassess yeah. afterwards i think that's why a lot of shops love front end work suspension work because it's tangible yeah you can hold a broken part in your hand and say look what i found or excessive play this. it's, you, it's you know, easy it's easy know. to show customers you and take to a tell picture of a, of a worn brake pad down to the rivets oh that's your noise look at your rotors are all gouged and nice big tangible pictures nice big right. replace and everything but you have the situations when you do that and then the caliper has been over you know, so then the calipers start hanging up and you got brake problems and you got to replace the caliper. So it's even that's not a guarantee. And then even ball joints, you replace control arm bushings, ball joints, and it needs to be aligned. And oh, it can't be aligned. You need 
you know, it looks right. like someone hit a curb and now we need, you know, adjustable camber bolt. It's like, and you just got to go through this rabbit hole of just never a guaranteed anything. Well, and I think some people probably you know, maybe I scare some people because I do tell them, well, I'll, you know, I'll keep you in the loop. I'll keep you updated. I might have another update for you once teardown is complete. Once we have everything apart and inspected, the story might change. Like, we'll see. And I'm sure that scares some people. But at the same time, I think they appreciate the transparency. Yeah, I mean, that that turns into the the calls every half hour, though. Sometimes, sometimes, but also when people, some people call me excessively. Let's talk about misfire. Let's talk about a previous customer that came in with a Toyota calling me, texting me, emailing me every single day, sometimes multiple times a day asking for updates. When I specifically already told him multiple times, when an update's available, I will call you. When I have some information, you will be my first call immediately. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'll I'll call you like you have to wait on me. This isn't quick work. This isn't fast work. Do you like, think do you think that makes everyone work faster when they say, "Oh man, I better keep checking up on them because otherwise they're just going to I think park, they, park it in the corner and forget about me." They really think they're going to be taken advantage of. I feel like a lot of people really think that it is just sitting in the corner. Like maybe if I bug them enough, you know, they'll they'll just get it done. Not because they're sick of me <laughs> and and my crap and me calling in every day, but they it's like they think they're pushing themselves to the forefront of the line but for why i don't even know i don't know it's like the squeaky wheel gets the grease but we, we're keeping yeah, but all the wheels greased here so it doesn't really matter which <laughs> i mean that's so, true. like every wheel that comes in is squeaky so they all need grease so yeah uh, there is no like front of the line pass i i don't know why people do that though i really don't because some of them they're not doing it with that mindset like they're not doing it maliciously and they're not doing it because they know they're going to get more attention it's like they do it out of fear but i i don't know i think it's anxiety maybe they're excited they don't know the difference between anxiety and excitement true (laughs) true they confuse those emotions they're just so excited about get their vehicle back and that turns into anxiety in their mind and they're just calling over and over and over yeah like they're trying to plan the rest of their life and it's and it's all based upon when they're going to get their car back and and what you tell them but like relax bro it's not you're fine you have a second and third vehicle i don't even know why you're like up my ass right now. They lo- they've lost their freedom. They didn't realize how quickly their freedom can be taken away. It's you know, crazy. The vehicles, the transportation of freedom. If it's their only vehicle, I get it, and I'm comforting, and I reassure them, and basically tell them like, you need to make whatever arrangements you need to. I can't guarantee anything. Here's what we hope, but I'm not guaranteeing it, and I'll I'll tell them that like that. I can't. I can't make that happen. Like, this is why we do it step by step. You need to make whatever arrangements that work for you to not interrupt your life. Like, we're going to do the work and we're going to do it right. You're not going to, like, push us into, you know, making a rash decision. It's going to take as long as it takes. I don't know what to tell you. 
I don't say that though. I don't say it like that. <laughs> I would say it like that. I don't. Oh, I, I, don't, gonna, I wonder what would happen if I did. I'm going to do whatever it takes to give you a job I can be proud of. You know? Yeah. See, now, yeah, you can say that. I can say a version of that. Yeah. Like, you know, we stand behind our work here. We're going to make sure mm. it's done right for you. Yeah, I don't, I don't change the way I operate over anybody. Yeah. This is, this is, this is our standard operating procedure. This is how we conduct People ourselves. like that. People and like it. you're not going to change the way I do it. Here's the catch, though. What we do makes sense and can be explained and is usually right. Could you imagine if that's how we talked when we were consistently wrong or we, you know, oh, this didn't fix it, this didn't fix it, and we still acted like that? Yeah. You couldn't. I mean. We couldn't. Then you'd we're get not, pushback. We're not, well, I mean, we're, yeah, we're not consistently wrong, but also, you, I mean, you make mistakes. And things happen. I mean, and one thing, too, maybe a, uh, for, for other places that have, like, if it's the one client, they think they're the only one they got it wrong on, you know? They don't, like, you in your mind know that there's 15 different vehicles and you've gotten 10 out of 15 of those wrong as far as like assessments or diagnosis mm-hmm. or whatever. But to each client, it's like, it's just that one. They got the rest of the cars, they got them right. They just got mine wrong. So you can have arrogance, you know, in there. And it's like, no one would know that you've got them all wrong, you know? So, I mean, yeah. I, I've known shop owners that are like that. You know, I know, I know guys that are out there and they're, yeah, there's confidence and there's arrogance and they're definitely arrogant about what they're doing. And they're just swapping parts till they get it right on all 15 cars in that shop and you know statistics are statistics and you're not going to get every one of them right and most of the time it's going to (laughs) be maybe half of those you got right on your part swapping and the other half you didn't but to each client you just talk to them hell yeah you know that's i got this one wrong you know and they're like oh well i saw how busy they are so i must have been the only one my car is just the one that's a pain you know and they just ride on that yeah, that's true. You know? I mean, I guess it just depends on uh, what kind of clients and vehicles you attract. I mean, it all matters. It all matters. If, if like, we present ourselves, because we are, as very clean, very professional, super on top of it, which also means the people that come to us have very high expectations and they can be demanding. I mean, there's demanding and then there's expectations. But we meet them. So yeah. it's, uh, it's not demanding. It's, it's, a, it's just a level of expectations. And then you have, then you have demanding and the demanding ones need to go somewhere else. I mean, well, yeah. Yeah. Like I, f- I feel like a, a demand would be wanting something beyond our. When someone comes in you know, demanding an estimate and work to be done quickly with customer supplied parts right. and see? not wanting to hear me talk about our inspection process. Yeah, that's, see, that's demanding. Yeah, yeah, they're going somewhere else. But expectations sure. expectations, I can appreciate and I can respect. I mean, that's the whole reason why we, ha- we do what we do is for those particular clients because I, I respect that. I respect them having expectations because they should. They shouldn't 
walk into a shop with expectations that they're going to get taken advantage of. Right. That they're going to walk into a grease monkey shop that it's just going to be, you know, rags on the floor and trash everywhere. Like, I, I want them to come in with the expectations higher, you know? Like, I, I want to provide a high-quality service, and I want the clients that are expecting a high-quality service. And so, I, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate them having that, you know? I agree, and that's yeah. because of our own expectations, like keep, like keep, though. Like, yeah, that's what us, we Keep expect. us on our toes. It's like, this is this is what we're doing. This is like, this is what you're looking for. This is what we provide. Perfect. We're, we've made them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're just people that don't like uh, wishy-washiness either. Yeah. How you did get, you like that? Wishy-washy. Yeah, you know, the wishy-washy. I've, I've said that a couple times. Did you say this wash? <gasps> I did not say wash this I week. I think you said wash. But I did say wishy-washy. You, you said it like wash, though. I can yeah, rewind, I do I can say wash. Wait, today? Just right now. I did? <laughs> no, I didn't. I don't know what I said. <laughs> it's not wash everybody, it's wash. You wash your clothes. Okay. You Well, maybe not wash the car. I guess that sounds funny. You wash the car. Yeah. Anyways, we don't like flip-floppers. We don't like wishy-washiness in anything that we do. So, of course, we're not going to provide a service that is reminiscent of that. Right. We have high expectations for the places that we go. And, you know, if we call a plumber or an electrician or go to the doctor, yeah, I'm going to expect a certain level of service. And that's also what I make sure people understand is that I'm not selling parts. I'm selling peace of mind. I'm selling safety. I'm selling a service. I'm not just throwing tie rods on. I'm not just, you know, we're not just slapping something together. Right. Like we're providing a service that keeps you safe, that keeps you going with minimal surprises. That's guaranteed. Right. Yeah. Right. And if something does have happen, well, we have a great warranty program and and I lay it all out there right at the beginning. Because because also I don't want them to have any questions. That's also something I do and I don't know if it's because I'm a woman or it's because of how we set everything up here, but I automatically lay out all this information about what we do, how we do it, the warranty program, just so people don't have any questions. Because also, like, I'm masking all day long. I don't want to hear your question. So I'm just going to give you everything so, like, you get out of my hair and I can move on to the next customer. Yeah. Like, that's the other flip side. Like, I might look nice and sound nice, but I, I really just want you to leave so I can, like, move on with my day. Yeah, I guess when you put it that way. It's, um, <laughs> like, and move on to the it's, next it's customer we, or it's the what, next It's job. what we all want. I mean, that's what we, you know. But also, it's, I mean, if there wasn't people flooding through the office all day, you'd probably go crazy, too. So, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You just know if there's too much time spent on one, you know, someone else is well is about ready to walk in, and it's nice to have that little uh, fifteen minute break in between. <laughs> the right. Ba- the back to back to back, then the phone call and email, then the back to back, and then the phone ring, and while someone's standing there, is just like it's a little, it's a little overwhelming. And and that <laughs> happens plenty, and I'm exhausted right. and irritated at the end of the day. Yeah. Like I don't no, want to well, do Especially when the else. phone calls are just, you know, checking in. Just checking in or price shoppers. As you're in the middle of like writing up the RO 
and they're calling to check on the RO that you're writing up. Right. So then you got to stop annoying. writing it, and it's like I'm, I'm looking up for a part right now. <laughs> yeah, that, but that's you can't kind say of that. upsetting. Like, oh, you beat me to the punch. Like now I look unprofessional. I hate that. Like, oh, if you just gave me five more minutes, I would have been done, and I would have been the one calling you. Yeah, but now that's a, I feel that's like that five I minutes bad. from somebody. That's that five minutes somebody walked in and started talking to you, trying to get them out of the. So now you're upset with the person that walked in because they made you look bad because it pulls you back ten minutes. Yeah, the you whole know? thing is irritating. Yeah. I don't I don't <laughs> like other people thinking that I'm not doing my job. Yeah. That's a pet peeve. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, that we're we're all here trying to do it and do the thing and when someone Yeah, I want to do a good job. This is my job. I want to do it well and I want to be seen as, you know, a figure to look at and for customers to call and I don't know. Oh, or see, not well, call. Oh, call see, or not call. Ooh, see, there it is. I know I just caught myself. <laughs> like I even tell customers so this. You, call me anytime. Do you want them to call if you? If you have any questions, just let me know. Do not call you? I mean. It, uh, in, I guess it depends on if I am if I like slept well the night before. Okay. <laughs> because being up there and dealing with customers all day long and employees and whatever you want to call it, like it's taxing. It is emotionally exhausting dealing with other people's emotions all day long and having to stay calm beside that storm all day long. That's exhausting and it can be irritating. Yeah, that's yeah, customer service. Yeah. It's true. And everybody wants it to be more cost effective for them, but then it also is what makes it expensive. Right. Yeah, I mean, honestly, customer service done right can be expensive. I know there's all these seminars and classes, how to keep the call under seven minutes, different taglines and phrases to say to basically like get the sale and the call and move on. And that works for maybe, I don't know, 70, 80 percent, but it just doesn't work for everybody. And you don't really want to be like that either. Like someone who's genuinely interested in customer service and wanting to provide that, you don't want to do that all the time either. It's not fun. You don't feel good about what you did at the end of the day. That's the other half of it. As much as I say I'm masking, people are irritating, blah, blah, blah. I also genuinely like want to provide a good service. Oh, what was that noise? What was that, James? What are you doing over there? Yeah, I need a refill. <laughs> this is exhausting. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, that's... Yeah, okay, see? Man saying that to me, I'm immediately like, screw you. You don't know what exhausting is. I'm the <laughs> one who's exhausted. Are you telling me I'm exhausted? Exhausting? Like, it's a, You're just looking into it a little much. It was just a joke. See, but that's what I do. That's what I do as a customer service rep and uh, as a woman. I don't know. That's that's like my go-to. You just got to not take it personally. That's the problem. I feel like I can not take it personally and still be irritated. Yeah. I, mean, I don't yeah. think it's like directed at me, but it's still towards me. And like now you're irritating. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just because it's me. 
I don't think it's for everybody. <laughs> oh, I just bit the mic. And I'm like really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we also, you know, live together, work together 24-7. I think we do pretty well considering. Yeah, you drink that. You drink that whiskey. That helps a lot. I think we can yeah, we can thank relax. the whiskey for it. I don't know. Man, woman, it's different. Yeah. It's different what you say and how you say it. Even on a email format or text format. Like if if a woman says something, I might take it a different way than if a man said it. I'm trying to think because the only examples I'm thinking of are actually on social media and not necessarily like customers. Are the ones, are the ones you made up in your mind? No. Okay. No. Like you, uh, you ask a question on social media with your peers asking for advice and then someone comments, oh, well, that sounds exhausting. And I immediately take that as like, well, that's the effing problem. You think that's exhausting. Yeah, I'm exhausted dealing with that. But in reality, I bet you he just I think just they're just met... like relating to you. Exactly. It's just like a relating thing. Like, yeah, man, exactly. that's exhausting. Like, yeah, dude, I know. And yeah, then we, And see? then we usually cuddle. <laughs> see? <laughs> see? It's, you, a man, it's a man thing. You interpreted immediately different than I did. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I guess I just don't get offended easily. But that, see, no, see, I'm going to change the verbiage again. I'm not offended. I'm irritated. Hmm. I'm not like taking it. Is that like a trigger word? Personal. Yeah, it could be a trigger word in the right setting. I see. But also text, email. Same thing everyone says all the time. You can't tell tone. It's very difficult to like interpret someone's intentions. That's why. That's why I gotta do. The, that's why you gotta do the voice messages. <laughs> <laughs> but they gotta be under a minute. When when you do voice messages, you pretend like you're talk texting and you talk like a robot out of habit still, or do you just talk? It's a it's a hard habit to break. Yes, that does happen. Because <laughs> I'm a talk texter, I don't do. I wait. I wait voice for the phone. I, I wait for the phone to reply too. What do you mean? What? <laughs> like you're conversating into it. And oh, and then you like forget what then you're I doing. For, then I forget. I'm like not on the phone. That I'm recording myself recording a message. <laughs> and then you record your like laugh and reaction. <laughs> Oops, sorry. I forgot, I forgot. I forgot where I am right now. I forgot what I was doing. Isn't that funny? Ha ha. And then you like say something else and then you stop and then you send it anyways. And then you send it anyways. Yeah, that's true. Why not? (laughs) It is what it is. That's as good as it gets right now. (sighs) So final notes, what's your piece of advice for all service writers and all owner operators that are running the front office? Not just the women because- if we've learned anything here today in this episode, <laughs> oh, is, that, no. is that we're all the same? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're all the same. Um, Takeaway message for everyone. Write everything down. All customer conversations, all 
tech notes back and forth, whatever it is, it needs to be written down and documented. Yeah. How many times have you had the, oh, I didn't think it was going to be that much. But yeah, you had, but you had text conversations of exactly, oh, I didn't see that text. Plenty. Yep. Plenty. Oh, I never got that email. Well, you replied to it. Yeah, exactly. So could you imagine if it was a phone call? Exactly. Everything in writing, even when people call me, I'll say, oh, you know, actually, I'm I'm almost done with that. Let me just uh, make some final adjustments and I'm going to email it to you. Can you please respond to that email? I I really don't do a lot of actual business transactions verbally over the phone. It is all written down. And of course, this is for the ones without the shopware software. Yeah. You know, this is for us and maybe other shops out there that aren't running a software program that will well, send e- them a estimate. Well, yeah, but the- even shopware, you have to put together the estimate and send it. Everything is still written down. It just might be a little bit easier. Yeah, but they got to <laughs> click the button and say confirm or whatever. If you're running like RO Writer or Mitchell or um, any of the other shop management systems that you just write up an estimate and they're not physically there to sign it, you don't have technically their permission to do it. So the next best step is is an email or text. It doesn't really hold up if it went anywhere, but at least that way you have no. The, I think it you would. have the attainables to like, hey, look, see, and you can you you right here. You said okay, like yeah. I mean, the the argument becomes you know null and void, or not so it much just even has to be all not even writing. so much the price, but like what what the deal is like. Oh, so yeah. what are we? So what are we doing? Like, well, remember the email I sent you that we we're gonna per oh. my last email. Yes. People love that. Per my last email, but you don't say it like that. Keep everything in writing. Number one piece of advice, no matter what, it's okay. People are not going to resist you like you think they will. Number two, no matter what happens with who, stay calm. Do not bring yourself to anyone else's level. No matter what happens, you just stay relaxed. And it all works out in the end. Maybe you should take some of that advice. I always tell you just relax. Yeah, with you, I act completely different with you than I do everybody else. You just need to relax. And even with you at work, (laughs) I (laughs) am very relaxed. That's what I tell you every day. You're you're the emotional one. I got to handle you with kid gloves all day. You just need to relax. Because you're so sensitive. Because you're the boss. And you think you get all these special privileges. You don't. Everybody, owners, managers, you don't get special privileges. Rules apply to everybody. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure as always. <laughs> and Have a good been, night, sir. And this has been The Gearbox. <laughs>